Second round, I got fucked. I got fucked. I had yeah. such a... First, first game was nice, just regular Mario Party. Second game became Bully Alex. It was, man. I got so badly bullied. But it wasn't even just John. I mean, it was also the game's AI. The game AI completely screwed him over. Man, I basically invited you guys over just to bully me is all that happened. I don't know if I want you guys back over at my house. We may stay in this video format. Oh, shit. Hello, hello. Welcome into Lighthearted Gamers episode 64. Hopefully you're having an incredible day today, whatever day you are listening or perhaps watching this podcast over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sparky3. Make sure to give us a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, be a friend, tell a friend. That is if there is going to be a video. We're going to assume there's going to be. We're doing uh, the podcast via remotely today. Uh, so if hopefully there's no problems in the final cut. If there's not, great. There'll be a video where you can see us, but if there's a problem... Eh, there won't be video this week. No big deal. Let's go keep it moving. As uh, as always, with what we got. yeah, we work with what we got, right? Zach, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. Just getting used to this situation. This whole split screen. This will be fun. Hey, it's actually not too bad of a layout that I made in five minutes. I mean, no, it's pretty solid. <laughs> For a five minute layout, it's gonna get the job done, and that's what we want. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it's gonna get. Yeah, exactly. Hey, maybe we can also uh, use that for Anime Plus whenever Josh ends up coming back eventually. Never. <laughs> but, yeah, right. You never. Well, I, dude, his internet's dog shit too. The test that we tried for that, we wanted to do Zoom or or Discord with him a long ass time ago. But every test that I ran with him, his his internet was it was so bad. Like the delay was like a solid. I think it was actually like a solid 15 second delay from when I heard him to watching him do whatever he said. Oh God, yeah, that's uh, bad. Yeah, it was bad. So hopefully one day we'll get it fixed, but if not, whatever. Make sure to go check out that show, of course, Anime Plus, where we also have Anime Plus news every single week. We talk about all the latest and greatest in the anime manga industry that we're watching and reading. Make sure, to all check, make sure to also check out Terrible Football Show, my football podcast that goes up every single Thursday. And then uh, yeah, check out Talking About Movies and stuff. New episode will come out when it comes out, man. I mean, we, we got two episodes out in October. That's that's hitting my quota of one a month, you know. <laughs> We're in November now, so it's time to get another one out, which might be Eternals. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, uh, sounds like we need to have a Rocky marathon. I mean, we do have that director's cut. That's coming yes. out soon for Rocky Four, so you're right there. That's exactly it. Bingo. Uh, if you could go follow us at Twitter at LH Gamers Podcast, we definitely appreciate that follow. And lastly, if you want to support us further, the Patreon is a great way to do so. Don't feel obligated though. Just be a friend, tell a friend that you're listening and watching. Shout out to Andy, our tier one patron. Appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, a couple of announcements before we jump into the show. Uh, number one, we did this last year. Uh, we're doing it again because I am. I love this stuff. That's me, though. Uh, Lighthearted Gamers episode 66 will be our Black Friday special that will be going up on the 23rd of this month. where We're going to be highlighting all of the best deals across every single retailer. Of course, Black Friday is the best time of year for a gamer. If you want to catch up on your backlog, I sure I sure shit has a ve- I have a very large backlog. I have so many games on my list right now where it's just like. I want to play that, but I kind of want to get it for like hella cheap. Let's wait till Black Friday. I know Biomutant's on that list. Uh, Scarlet Nexus has been on that list for a while. Uh, I still want to play the Fairy Tale game sooner or later, so I'm gonna go ahead and throw that on the list. I, mean, I dude, forgot that came out. See, so did I. Yeah, so did I. So hopefully I can catch that on uh, some sort of you know like uh, 
you know, buy whatever, get one free for pre-owned games or something, you know? So that's going to I have a large backlog of games that I've been meaning to check out. So, yeah, Black Friday is always a great time of year uh, for gamers. So we're going to definitely be talking about all the greatest deals and tell you where to go and where not to go for certain games or deals. And then, of course, we did this last year as well. But this year, we're going to try to make it bigger and better than last year. Last year was very low key. It was just for fun. But we are going to do a Game Awards watch along extravaganza. The Game Awards, of course, taking place on December 9th. Uh, so we we should be live streaming that right here at YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Sparky3. Zach will be here. John will be here. And we do have at least like three people that are going to be on the show as well that are going to be filtering in and out. Uh, so that's going to be pretty fun to get everyone's kind of reactions. Of course, the Game Awards by Jeff Keighley, man. Lots of great announcements usually every single year. I mean, hell, he got the Xbox Series reveal, the new Mass Effect. He's gotten Dragon Age 4 in the past. I mean, he's gotten so much great stuff. We've gotten to uh, have a chance to reveal it on his show and other shows. I mean, he just got Elden Ring, you know, recently yeah. with the with the Summer Games Fest. I mean, he's I'm got... just hoping we get some more um, stuff from things we saw last year from the games awards that we've heard nothing from yeah true and i know one that we've re- we've talked about here on the show that could be there is hogwarts legacy that's one that could be at the show yep. so game awards is gonna be a fun time looking forward to live streaming that it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a good good time there uh before we jump into our talks for the week for this episode we have i'll be doing my final review on guardians of the galaxy i did beat that game i have not started a new game plus yet but i have beat just the uh the, my for my first run so i will be giving my final review there uh we did pick up mario party superstars gonna give some brief thoughts on that and uh we are gonna shout out our game awards um game of the year predictions because i believe they're going to be coming out sometime after the 20th Uh, i think because i know the 20th is the cutoff date for that game awards so sometime in that those next few days we should get the announcements for what's going to be the nominees for all categories across the board so me and zach are going to throw out our predictions on what could be there for game of the year and uh just because it's a meme of this show john loves to point it out um you were going to talk about mass effect because the day that we're recording is in seven day you know of course a holiday for mass effect so what we're going to do for in seven day and honestly because of how much we talk about mass effect on this show it's a fucking meme at this point john points it out all the damn time uh <laughs> we may just do an in seven day thing every year you know once we record around in seven day we'll do a different thing every year you know it doesn't have to always be a ranking like we're doing today but we'll do something for in seven day every year i think it's a meme of this show at this point let's roll with it uh for today though zach and i will be ranking all of the companions across all four games so andromeda included I got to say that bottom of the barrel was tough for me to rank because there are some characters I literally just don't give a shit about. It was a really easy lineup for me. I don't, yeah. Uh, I will say one through five was pretty easy. Six through ten was kind of tough. There was a couple characters where I was just like really unsure where to put them. But the the middle of the road was kind of difficult too, you know, like the, like the 11 through like 20, for example. I think it's 25. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. Well, 26 if you count Morinth, which if we're counting Morinth, Morinth is 26. I mean, who actually killed Samara and went with more other than just the experiment. You know what I mean? Did you do that? for You didn't do it for your first time, right? Oh, for my first time now. Okay. See, it's fine if you do it as an experiment, but other than that, who would, who I, I want to know, please let me know either at Twitter at Alex 23 or comment down below on YouTube. How many of you actually always kill Samara and gets more. I want to know. I want to know I mean, how many hardcore of renegade players, man. That okay, that's true. That's true. I do want to know how many how many of you are out there actually do that. 
so that's the breakdown for the show, for the main talking points today. Before we jump into all the rumors and news and shit, uh, is Zach, anything on your mind that we need to talk about? Anything bullshit related? Any thoughts? Uh, have you looked into that new game, Lost Ark, at all? No, I have not. Or is it Lost Ark or Last Ark? I forget. I it's think a... Lost, I think Lost Ark sounds right. <clears throat> It's a Korean game, I believe, that's coming over, getting a Western release. It's supposed to be a big uh, ARPG, sort of Diablo-style-esque. So, yeah, apparently it's real popular over in the East, so I'm starting to get curious about it, because I know it's supposed to be released uh, early 2022, so... Okay. I'll have to, I'll take a look into that. The Diablo-esque is kind of interesting. Uh, I will yeah, say, in terms of Diablo-esque, I have finally gotten to a point where I, I want to hit up some Path of Exile. I will say that. Yeah, there's a fun one. It, yeah, it's just I've never hit it up uh, just for one reason. Because if, if I ever get in that mood, I'd usually just go to Diablo. But mm-hmm. obviously, because of all the Blizzard stuff, I've I've personally gone anti-Blizzard. Uh, so I'm just like, eh, I kind of don't. I, which disappoints, man, because I really wanted to play Diablo 2 Remaster. I really did. Well, from my understanding, the Diablo 2 Remaster wasn't released very well anyway. So. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's good. Just like uh, Warcraft 3 wasn't released very well. Yeah, which was sort of sad. It, it, it's... it's it is because not only did it like have a poor release, like with the release, they basically cucked the original version. So all yeah. the good shit from the original version, you can't do anymore, <laughs> which is hella unfortunate. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and just hop into the show, uh, to the meat and potatoes here. Uh, shout out to Thanksgiving coming soon. Uh, so first up in the rumor mill, um, Sly Cooper 5, we have kind of plugged that before, that it could be a thing. It seems to be a thing. Apparently, it has been it started development this past summer. So that that is the current rumor that's out there, is that it is in development right now, and it did just start development uh, for the actual game. I'm assuming all the pre-development stuff, like the writing, I guess, I'm assuming that's all done, and the actual game development has started. So shout out to that. How happy are you about that? Because you're a big Sly Cooper person. Uh, It's about time. You know, it is. It's about time. I mean, it is, dude. Sly 4, like, left it on, like, a cliffhanger setting up for that next one. Here we are, you know, now going into the P- – you know, we're in the PS5 generation, and that was PS3. Almost a decade later. Yeah. So, it's was it PS3 or was that PS4? Uh, I think PS3. I don't remember anyone any of them released on PS4. Okay, okay. So, I mean, hey, at least it's, at least it's finally kind of happening. You know, that, that's good. You know, it'll be a couple years before we see it, but at least it's finally happening. Because, I, I, I mean, because it's kind of like – it's not as severe as Nintendo, but Sony has like some really solid IPs that they just leave dormant, you know. Yeah, they're they're getting as almost as bad as Nintendo. They are with some of the IPs. Nintendo's real bad about it, man, because they have so many good IPs that they just leave alone and just it's just there and it's left left there to die. You know, we can name so many. You know, Star Fox, F Zero, Earthbound, uh, just to give some notable examples. I mean, Pikmin finally just got something this year, which it's an AR thing, which isn't even that great. But. Yeah, they also got a mobile game. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, um, so this is actually a follow-up from a, I think we talked about this last week. Did we talk about Skydance Media last week and that collab with the Marvels at the week before? Uh, I think that was the week before. Okay, well, I, I do have a follow-up there. So on the recent uh, Fat Man Beyond uh, live podcast, which, of course, that is Kevin Smith's podcast, uh, he got a chance to talk to the writer for this new Marvel project from uh, Skydance Media, and uh, apparently the writer flat-out said that the chat guessed the game immediately. So, And the most prominent answers in this was Ant-Man, Fantastic Four, or Daredevil. 
That so I would go ahead and plug and think that one of those three is going to potentially be this new Marvel project, which. You know, we were thinking the Fantastic Four or Daredevil could yeah. be a possibility anyway. Now, if it was Ant Man, though, that would be kind of that would be actually pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. That'd, that'd be interesting, but I'd be curious of what they would go with it. I mean, I would guess it would most likely be an action adventure game, but I don't know. They could probably do a couple things with it just because the whole Ant Man's uh, whole thing of shrinking and lar- enlarging and stuff like that. I just realized that if it is Ant Man, I hope there's no spiders because I won't be able to play that game. Oh, well, you may be screwed, Alex. I know. Oh, no. I didn't even think about that till just now. Oh, that's a nightmare. Uh, but either way, it'll be, it'll be excited to see more information out of that Marvel project. So far, Marvel, um, since they've really kind of put their foot in the door for even more like high-quality Marvel games over these past few years, obviously Marvel games have been around for a long time, but like now we're really in these AAA projects. I mean, they've had, you know, hits across the board besides Avengers. You know, that's their only miss. Uh, but, I mean, Mo- Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and now Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, man, all hits, and Marvel's Midnight Suns looks promising. Uh, Wolverine, I can, we have, obviously we haven't seen anything on it, but it being by Insomniac already gives you a lot of confidence in the game. Let's be real, it does. So, I mean, ho- hopefully it's going to be the same thing here and we get another hit. Um, speaking of Marvel's Avengers, though, I got this in the quick news. I'll go ahead and plug it, though. Uh, the <laughs> the Square Enix president recently said that Marvel's Avengers was, you know, he acknowledged openly that it was a massive disappointment. But the funny thing about it is he flat out said that it's like, yeah, Crystal Dynamics was the wrong fit for the game. Like, aren't they still working on it? So isn't it like a slap in the face to him? Like, who's working oh, yeah. on the DLC? The Crystal Dynamics team, I'm pretty sure, is still working on it. I mean, it's sort of sad for them to say that that they weren't the right fit, because, I mean, Crystal Dynamics has released good games before. It's just, it was just an unfortunate with this one. Yeah, it was was the wrong direction, but they just released, uh, recently released, like, a large roadmap for Mm -hmm. everything that's coming out, and Spider-Man's finally coming. Uh, he's finally. There was even a leak of, um, of, you barely got to see Spider-Man's, uh, uh, figure. You do get to see it. It was in like one of the developer videos where they were showing, it like on the screen, they had like up like some new item or something, and yeah. behind the behind this pop up, they they had Spider Man selected, so you got to like see his face and his feet, you know, because the board was covering him. But gotcha. so, I mean, Spider Man's on the way, man. Uh, finally, for PlayStation Four and Five users only, of course. Uh, but he is on the way, um, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, speaking of Marvel's Midnight Suns, it was delayed to the end of 2022. No. Yeah, we did get the official announcement, which, I mean, that does suck. But it may not be a terrible thing for gamers as a whole, because that was slated for February, which was action-packed with games. Because like, there was like six or seven like huge games all releasing in February. Well, like While it may, that may not be a big deal for like, you, Zach, but I think for a majority of gamers, they're like, oh, thank God my wallet can take a break at least a little bit in February. I mean, all that meant was I need to buy ones I really want to play in February and then wait for all the other ones to go on sale for right. 10%, 20%, and usually by like four months later, later 50 percent yeah <laughs> so i don't know it'll be released sometime at the end of 2022 which that, that'll be a good fall release if that's the case so uh well, let's see what else we got in the rumor mill uh per jason schreier via bloomberg take two uh slash 2k has canceled hangars 13's new game which is codenamed volt 
this is the game, of course, that it's, it's been in development since 2017. We talked about Volt uh, around E3 when there was a leak that came out uh, for stuff to come at E3 that Jason did confirm is all true, and it pretty much was all true, minus this game. Obviously, it has not been revealed yet. This is the game that was described as Cthulhu meets Saints Row. Yeah. So Yeah, that, I, I still don't know what to think of it with its name being Volt, though. Right. But, I mean, I guess we'll never find out, seeing as it's been freaking cut. Yeah. And uh, to tie to tie that in, there was also another rumor floating around that Take-Two had canceled a $53 million uh, d- game in development, uh, which there's no indication what it was, but we can probably safely assume that it was Volt. So $53 million potentially for what uh, Volt ha- has been costing. That's insane. Now, there was some other games that people speculated, like Bully 2 was speculated, which Jason Schreier said Bully 2. That was that was not it. And Mafia 4 was also speculated, but there was a developer that came out and flat out said that Mafia 4 has never even been in development so far. So that narrows it down to me where Volt was probably that $53 million game. So. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, it's a shame. I already sink that much money into it only to cancel it. Yeah. I think it may have come down to the thing of how much if they looked at how much more they had to put into it. Right. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the skull and bones thing. The amount of fucking money that has gone into that, and you know they want to fucking cancel it, but they're in a legal situation where they can't. Yeah, <laughs> which that is game so was funny to, to me. Like five years ago. Yeah, that because that was supposed to be an expansion for freaking Black Flag that they just decided to turn into an entirely new game itself. And yeah. uh, now because of how much money's gone into it, because it's being developed in like. Uh, what country was it? I don't remember what country, but because of like the amount of money that's gone into it, where they've all said like pull something from the country itself, like it's now like they're legally required to finish the game. They can't cancel it. But Skull and Bones has apparently gone through like nineteen thousand reboots of what they want to do. Now, with by it. the time it actually eventually comes out, it's all just going to be spaceships, right, in the middle of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, last bit of rumors that we have does involve Pokemon Legends. We've been trying to update you guys on this stuff as it's been coming out. Uh, this is, of course, involving Pokemon, the new Pokemon and new Hasuyan forms that we are set to get. So here is apparently the full list of the new forms and mons. This uh, was originally le- these have all been leaked through like riddle leaks, where it's just like a generic picture, and they you know people try to guess what it is, you know, from people that know the sources, and then all the actual insiders that's been really leaking this stuff has all been saying, well, I guess since people are figuring it out now, here's the list. Um, so of course, Growth and Arcanine, we already knew about that one. Uh, Zora and Zorark, uh, we already know about those, of course. Bravery as well. So what do we have going from there? Um, so Voltorb and Electrode uh, set to get Asuyan forms, which those have been rumored for a little bit now. No, so that may not be new for a lot of people listening. Some new ones, though, is uh, Sneasel is set to get a poison-fighting Hasuian form. Uh, Quillfish getting some fucking love for the first time since its reveal in Gen 2, I think. Uh, yeah. Basculin, of course, getting a new Hisuian form. We already know he's getting the evolution, so apparently he'll get a new uh, Hisuian form as well. Uh, the entire Gudra line is set to get new forms, which are set to be Dragon Steel. So that'll be very, very good. <laughs> uh, Will the, it? Do what? Will it? Yeah, dude, Dragon Steel is pretty solid. And that's what uh, that's what Dialga is, and Duraladin. Duraladin's a really good mon, man. I, lo- I love me some Pez Dispenser. Me and Pez All Dispenser, right. we go way back, brother. Yeah, Pez Dispenser's coming clutch in the DBA. Shout out to that dead league. That might come back eventually. We'll see. If I ever get the itch for competitive Pokemon, DBA will probably come back. Uh, Lilligant <laughs> will uh, apparently get his Suyun form, as well as Avalug, uh, which, of course, is the, the table. 
the ice table. I don't remember what gen that was. Ava Lug is what? Gen 5. Yeah, Gen 5. And then all of the three starters that you can choose, not the not the Sinnoh starters, but the three that you can choose at the beginning, their final evolutions will all be Hisuian forms. So their first and second forms, and we already know the first forms are fine. The second forms will also be normal. And then when they go into Samurott, Typhlosion, and Decidueye, they will have alternate forms. I've seen so many different leaks of what the forms could be. I've seen like Water Dark, Fire, I've seen Fire Rock. I've seen, uh, which Fire Rock would be a dog shit. That's a dog shit type for a start. It's a dog shit type period. I've seen Grass Fighting, which is also a shit type. I've seen Fire Ghost. I've seen Fire Ghost, Water Dark, Grass Fighting as a combination. Um, yeah, which which is all, all of the, you know, the second uh, types will all hurt each other as well. Fighting, super yeah. effective to Dark, Dark to Ghost. And uh, I don't, I, Ghost isn't super effective to Fighting, but either way. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. The, the, but I, I, I would expect the uh, the starters to have Hasuian forms, considering so far in every piece of material uh, that we've gotten, we have not seen their final evolutions. Which obviously, yeah. why why would you hide that when we already fucking know what they look like? You know what I mean? So that, that tells me that they probably will have Hasuian forms. We've already seen the finals for the Sinnoh starters, though. Like, I, I think in one of the trailers, Empoleon was in a trailer. Yeah, they just recently released that, yeah. Yeah, so that, that tells me they'll be fine, but it does tell me that the starters you get to pick will have new forms, which is cool. Uh, in terms of new Pokemon, uh, so Sneasel's um, uh, so form will get a new evolution. Quillfish will get an evolution. Ursaring will get an evolution. Yeah. And, and there will be a new Ultra Beast as well. And then, of course, the, uh, the other three are the ones we've already seen in the trailer. Um... Cleaver, whatever his name is, the Scyther-looking one, uh, mm-hmm. Basque Legion, which is the best name in Pokemon history, and uh, what was the other one that we got to see? Uh, oh, uh, Weird Ear. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Ursaring and Quillfish getting some evolutions. Shout out to Quillfish getting love. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone use a Quillfish. <laughs> uh, I did also see some rumors that the, the uh, Ursaring is going to be rideable, but we'll see about that. Hey! Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's hop over to some actual news. Those, of course, all just rumors here. Uh, so first off, let's kick things off with Blizzard. The dumpster fire. Yeah, the dumpster <laughs> fire that is Blizzard. All right, so Jen O'Neill, you know, she just stepped into the co-leader position at Blizzard in in August. Is already stepping down out of the position. That was quick. <laughs> that was quick. That's rough. Uh, Mike Yabara, who is now the sole leader of the company, which he is, of course, from Ubisoft, which also kind of sus. I could be wrong. I think he's from Ubisoft. Don't don't 100% quote me on that part. I don't want, I don't want to put some. I don't want to add a more fire to the you know more flames to the fire here or whatever. But I think he's from Ubisoft at one point in time. Uh, I also saw from some developers they commented on this where they didn't even find out this was a thing until a meeting. Just a shareholders meeting. That's just like by the way, Jen's gone. She's never coming back. She left. Yes. So, the Blizzard is uh, just a massive shit show. And the tie into that shit show, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 have both been delayed. People are now questioning if Overwatch 2 even exists. They don't think it does. Uh, and it's now expected either 2023 at the earliest or beyond. Which I got to say, anyone in their right mind who actually thought Diablo 4 was going to come out in 2022, you're wrong and stupid. I'm going to go and throw that out there. Now, I did personally expect Overwatch 2 in 2022, but Diablo 4 having that 22 release, it's like, it's the same equivalent almost as God of War Ragnarok was projected for this year until we got the official announcement, you know? No one expected that to be a thing. So I don't know why people are upset about Diablo 4, because there there was no way it was coming out next year. Because they've been wanting Diablo 4 for forever with announcements, they assumed it was going to be done. (laughs) 
fair. Yeah, no, just no chance. Uh, Overwatch 2 being delayed, though, that is kind of concerning. I, I'm convinced this game doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm convinced the game may be dead because yeah. all their freaking developers are leaving or quitting. True. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the Overwatch 2 delay, it does put Overwatch in a weird place because Overwatch released, I think, only one new character last year. That's it. And it's basically because, yeah, it's because, basically because Blizzard's just like, oh, you know, you're going to have all these new characters coming in Overwatch 2, so they've been kind of pulling back on Overwatch development. So are they going to have to flip the script on that? Are we going to get some, like, multiple new characters this year for Overwatch to compensate for Overwatch 2 not coming? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I, I am kind of curious how it's going to play out, though. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is for me, man. Anyway, uh, another dumpster fire comes to a close. Uh, Wizards Unite is officially dying come uh, the end of January. Harry, you're not a wizard anymore. <laughs> not anymore. I forgot that was a game, honestly. Like, it came out, and it had so much steam when it first came out, um, you know, being like this Pokemon Go-esque Harry Potter game, and then it's just yeah. like it never got any more support after that. <laughs> it just died. Because Harry Potter goes far, but it doesn't go as far as Pokemon. Yeah, no, it's not It's not going to go that far, dude. But hey, had a good run, I guess. Kind of. <laughs> like yeah. maybe a year and a half, two years maybe. Why are those people waving their phones at the building? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the last piece of news, this is also a follow-up to a previous conversation that we had. And this is actually kind of interesting about a couple of different quotes. Uh, is a Famitsu interview with Sakurai about Super Smash Brothers. And this is, uh, so Sakurai has had like a column in Famitsu for like the past X amount of years where he'll go on and talk about Smash and stuff like that. But since mm-hmm. Smash Ultimate has now reached the end of its development, this is actually the last column with Sakurai, at least for now. So no more columns for Sakurai and Famitsu. So here are some quotes that he talked, that he uh, said uh, from this interview that's kind of interesting. I am not thinking of a sequel. I'm not thinking of. Uh, I am not thinking of it every time. However, I can say with certainty that this would be the end. I can't say with certainty that this would be the end of Smash, which we kind of figured. I mean, Nintendo, that's a money maker. Nintendo is going to continue Smash at some point. Um, next quote. I need to think whether I must release a Smash game or not, even if it would, uh, even if even if I have to do something that would disappoint users, which tells me a roster cut, which would be expected. Yeah. Um, next quote, I currently don't see a path where smash can be produced without myself. That is also very interesting. Um, because he follows up with that and said, honestly, we did try leaving it to someone else, but it did not go well. I'm curious who that is. I really am. And the reason why I'm curious, Blue box. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm curious is because Bondi Namco worked on smash four. And Bondi helped with Smash Ultimate, right? Bondi, of course, flopped on Metroid Prime 4 where they restarted the entire game. So I'm (laughs) curious if if he's referring to Bondi Namco was the one where they were trying to leave Ultimate, you know, to Bondi Namco, and it fell short. Now, granted, Bondi did Smash 4, yes, but, you know, I could see it being where, okay, hey, you did pretty well with Smash 4, but going into Smash Ultimate, we have this huge vision we have for it. Let's see if you can do it, and let's say they couldn't. So I, that, that's my theory, is that it's Bondi Namco is who he's referring to. It's uh, quite possible. The last quote we have here. If the series were to continue, I have to talk with Nintendo and have a debate on whether it will succeed or not. I must think about this topic seriously. So this was a very interesting set of quotes and a very interesting interview because it kind of gives a little bit more clarity on kind of what we were talking about with Smash on, you know, 
will he be back? You know, which just doesn't give that kind of clarity, but it, it kind of opens the door for it potentially because he acknowledges that he doesn't know if it can be made without him, which is kind of depressing. That is kind of depressing for him because it's like, it let, let the man retire. But he acknowledges that, you know, this is his baby, although as well as, you know, Kirby, of course, he's worked on Kirby for so long. Uh, one of the creators of Kirby, but like, this is like his big money making baby. So he's just like, I don't know if I can leave it to someone else, which is really depressing for him. I mean, it sort of is, because even if he wants to work on other stuff, that's always back there. Yeah. And with him saying that, you know, if he must release another Smash game or not, even if I have to do something that would disappoint users, that does tell me that this roster that we have, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. Would it make it? Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it right now with Ultimate, because I I think that is definitely referring to all these third parties are probably not coming back, minus a few. Minus a few. I, I could see Sonic coming back, for example. Sega and Nintendo have such a great relationship. There are a hand hand few of these other ones that I could see coming back, potentially maybe the Bondi characters like Pac-Man. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but there there are a lot of others like Sora. Sora's probably not coming back. No. I would imagine no that was now. a hellacious talk to get Sora in the game. So I don't know, man. It will uh, it will be very interesting to see the future of Smash because it's one of those things. Like when we talked about this a few weeks back, you know, or actually a month ago, actually, because that's when Sora was released, um, is like the future of Smash. Like if they are to reduce the roster, like what you pitched, Zach, the game needs to probably take a drastic change in another direction. Yeah, I mean, it could continue going as a fighting game, but with such a large roster and whatnot, if they were to come back, yeah, it's going to disappoint users greatly and everything. And just as you were saying, getting some of the third-party characters back will be almost impossible. Yeah. I don't know, man. It'll, it will be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, you know, Smash is a game that a, lot, a majority of gamers hold very closely to their heart, mostly, even if you don't really touch into it because it's just because of how massive of a collab it is. Um, so we'll, we'll see what comes out of the future. I, I just hope, I really genuinely hope that Sakurai can go do something else for a couple of years. Leave the man alone. <laughs> Leave the It'd man nice. alone. <laughs> All right, let's hop over to our talking points. Do we want to start with Mario Party, I guess? Kind of yeah, let's one. go with Mario Party. All right, so all right, hold on. I want to tell the story for how we got Mario Party. <laughs> 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 all right, so uh, uh, let me just pull it up. Hold on. I, I want to get these quotes. Perfect. Okay. I want to get these quotes just right. Uh, let's see. Okay. I, I hit Zach up on Friday. I was like, hey, man, it's like, you know, any talking points you got for tomorrow, anything special you've been up to or want to chat about? Like I mentioned on Discord, I got one back pocket idea for this show. And he just responds later in the day, Mario Party talking point. I said, well, I haven't got it yet. He said, damn it, Alex. I'm like, I can literally get it as soon as we plan a day. And he, this man says, I got 12 hours right now until I go back to work. And I, when I missed when I called John about it to see if John wanted to play, John his immediate response was, "How long does he plan to play Mario Party?" I mean, it's Mario Party Superstars, man. It's bringing back all the good games. Yes, I want to play Mario Party. <laughs> so, bottom line, I went and bought Mario Party. 
Uh, so we, you know, John came over as well. We played Mario Party. We only played two rounds, two 20 turn rounds. Second round, I got fucked. I got fucked. I had yeah. such a... First, first game was nice, just regular Mario Party. Second game became Bully Alex. It was, man. I got so badly bullied. <laughs> it wasn't even just John. I mean, it was also the game's AI. The game AI completely screwed him over. Man, I basically invited you guys over just to bully me is all that happened. I don't know if I want you guys back over at my house. We may stay in this video format. Oh shit! Uh, but I mean, it, it, I mean, it was it was fun, man. I, a lot of nostalgia. I mean, my one gripe, and I had this was my this was my gripe with Mar with Super Mario Party is like, dude, the lack of maps is killing me. You have three games that you're, you know, you know, three games you're pulling maps from. You're pulling games yeah. from like, you know, uh, the GameCube era as well. Which shout out to that because Pushy Penguins, the greatest Mario Party mini game in the history of Mario Party, is in the game. Which of course is Mario Party Five. But in terms of maps, like your big focus is one, two, three. And, like, you're only going to pull in f five maps when you have three games worth, you know? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing with the maps, dude? Because it was Super Mario Party as well, like, only had five maps, and they were all very lackluster. You know, at least these maps are good because they're from in some, you know, really, like, you know, a great era of Mario Party being one, two, yeah, three. Yeah, some very classic maps. I mean, have they said anything whether they're planning on releasing more maps and characters or things like that? Well, with how Super Mario Party went, I would say probably not. But <laughs> maybe because of how successful Super Mario Party was for sales, if if Mario Party Superstars does kind of the same thing, then maybe we could actually get DLC that we should have got with Super Mario Party. Um, so that would be really dope because, I mean, I, there, there are definitely a couple of... You know, Mario Party, there's at least, you know, a couple Mario Party 2 maps I'd love to see come back in there. Like, maybe the Western yeah. one, which you, you commented that you were surprised that didn't make the cut. Yeah, because that's a good map. Yeah, we got Spaceland and the Spooky one, which the Spooky one is the one that we played. And that was overall a decent time across the board. For yeah, then we played the classic uh, Yoshi's Tropical Island. I don't want to play that one again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play that one again. Uh, also, I, I still don't understand why Koopa Trooper made it back. Because he's literally like he's some old old guy just reliving good times and be like, all right, go have fun, kids. <laughs> yeah, he'll pop up like at the beginning of the Mario Party and like reminisce. He's like, oh, you remember this? And you'll see pictures of like the pixel versions of the game and stuff, which is that's a nice little that's a nice little touch. Then after he gets done talking, he's like, all right, Toad's got it from here. I got stuff to do. Later. <laughs> I, but, I mean, overall, I mean, it's Mario Party. I mean, what do you want us to say? Like, it's a Mario Party that doesn't eat ass, like Mario Party yeah. 9 and 10. Mario Party 9 and 10 had a couple of decent aspects about it, but they ate ass because you were all stuck together in that car that no one that no one liked, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a very fun game. Um, I do I, – I, I wish there were some aspects in Super Mario Party that came over. Like, one immediate uh, example is uh, the large roster. That would have been nice, which I do understand mm -hmm. why the roster was cut. I do get it. Um, I uh, As well as the uh, character custom dice blocks. I really liked that. I did. I liked that a lot in uh, Super Mario Party. So that would have been nice to have that carry over. Um, but I understand they're trying to go for more of the old-school Mario Party feel, and I feel like they they hit that. I do. I feel like they, they did very they, well. I, th I think they hit the feeling of nostalgia playing this. My favorite part was the option of just turn off game tutorials. Yes. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that because we turned that off and just winged it every single game. It's like, oh, I don't really remember this one. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> it was literally, it was us three versus a master level AI. So yep. the master level AI would start in the rest of us community. How do we do this one? <laughs> Yo, that master level AI, man, that, that thing had some nasty reflexes in the minigames. 
Yeah, that thing freaking defied physics. It wasn't that bad, like in like on like the party board. I felt like, but in the game, mini games, dude, it had like godlike level reflexes. Yes, yes, it did. But I mean, overall, I think it's a great game, I, especially if you're a Mario Party fan. I, I 100% say it's worth the pickup. I mean, just I mean, it's got so many mini games from the past that you'll definitely enjoy. From and I also speaking, I love, I, I did enjoy how you could choose what mini games you wanted before a party. That was cool. Yeah, the packs. Yeah. yeah. Like when you go into the party, it'll say like all types. You'll have like N64 pack, GameCube pack, uh, a couple other different types of packs, like a versus pack or whatever. It was like a family game, yeah, family, family one, skill, mini games. Yeah, skill, and I think what versus was the other one? I think so. Yeah. that was That's a nice touch. I do like that a lot. I do like that a lot. So you can really customize your experience. Maybe I have to pick the GameCube pack to guarantee us getting pushy penguins. I mean, out of the 40 mini games we played, uh, we it showed up on the on the roulette once, twice. How did it show up twice? Yeah, in, yeah, it showed up twice. I think in both games it showed up one apiece. I'll get my pushy penguins eventually. I mean, I, I know I can just go to mini game mode and hit select it, but that takes away the thrill of it being yeah. up on the board. Also, I love the stickers. I love the stickers. I love that it tracks how You're many stickers. the hell out of that. I do. I do. I love how it tracks it in the final details of the game. That's awesome. So I just spam stickers. Also, shout out to John taking a lot of screenshots. <laughs> yeah, Switch. making memories. Creating memories. <laughs> God damn it. All right, where do we want to go from here? I, I, we'll, we'll save Guardians uh, final review for last. Do we want to hit some R in seven day thing, or do we want to hit game of the year? Sure, let's talk about the Mass Effect and all its wonderful, memorable companions. I they the most memorable companions out there in gaming, in my opinion. All yeah, right. They're up there. We're, who who wants to go first, me or you? I mean, I can run down my list because mine's probably gonna be a lot quicker. All right, yeah, you, that's probably that's probably fair. <laughs> let's let's do yours first. So I'm just gonna go from top to bottom. I mean, my favorite companion just overall is just Morden. Really, just Morden's? Yes, because Morden is fucking fantastic his whole story and everything i just love his whole character of just him being i'm a scientist i'm gonna do this <laughs> wow just his whole I, thing. I did not expect morden i knew you liked morden but i didn't expect him to be your number one i fucking love morden whenever i play two he's always at my party oh so he's your garris right yes okay. pretty much wow that's interesting i did not expect and that. morden's followed up by rex <laughs> okay that's fair though that's fair <laughs> Because that was my one thing is I just hit three. If there was, I was really hoping with the Citadel DLC before Morden died, you could do Morden and Rex together as a team. That would be the greatest thing for me. Just run around the freaking Citadel DLC with those two. Right. Um, third's going to be Thane. Fair. Tali's fourth. Okay. Because Tali's the character I romanced my first initial trilogy playthrough. Best girl. Yeah. Uh, followed by Tali, Legion. Legion is pretty cool. Yeah, I like Legion. His whole uh, little storyline in 2 that leads into 3 was very nice. Mm. Especially, it, it hurts whenever you do a whole perfect run through and Legion <laughs> dies at the end of Bring the Geth over. I was just like, fuck. You know, you know what's funny? <laughs> I just said, yeah, Legion's pretty cool. And I looked over and I see where he's on my list. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Um, so follow Legion Garrus, Liara, Grunt, then Edie. 
I, f- I feel like I put Edie a bit higher, but then I was thinking, Edie has a pretty interesting story starting in two with Joker and everything, then finally getting her as a companion right. was sort of my big thing. I was like, yeah, she was sort of unexpected at three. I never expected her to become a companion. I agree. Uh, Samara. Then Jack. Then we start getting to my mid-game to bottom list of characters. I was like, sort of like, hey, they're nice, but eh. <laughs> what number are we on? Did you number them? Uh, two, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 12 okay. I have Miranda okay uh, 13 Ashley 14 <laughs> Jacob huh 15 Caden oh okay I, I'm, I definitely like Jacob more than Caden because Caden's just kill me <laughs> okay J- Jacob's at least a bro <laughs> okay uh, 16 Zaid okay 17 Kasumi wow okay I don't know. I wasn't big on Kasumi. I mean, she was interesting, but I... 18, James. 19, Liam from Andromeda. 20, Javik. Uh, 21, Jaw. 3, the Asari chick from Andromeda, whose name I could never pronounce. Phoebe. Phoebe, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember her actual birth name, but it's, she's just Phoebe. Yeah, it's like Pelisaria. Yeah, Pelisaria or something like that. Yeah, Pelisaria. Then Cora, Vetra, and Knockmore. I could not care about Knockmore for the for everything. Knockmore, whatever. Yeah. All right, so I'm really, really thankful. I thought of this dumb little idea because it for the listeners of this show, it really gives you perspective on. How different of an opinion people can have on this game? Because, dude, listening to yours and looking at mine, I'm just like, holy shit, we're on two different ends of the spectrum. I mean, I figured as much. Yeah, I'm glad we did this because this is about this. You know, for anyone that has been curious about Mass Effect and hasn't picked it up, like the Legendary Edition, whatever, this will give you an idea, just like of of like how different these uh, companions can be for people. So, like I said, coming in dead last, if I was to rank them, would be Morinth. You know, I I I've I've, I saved Morinth one time, and that was the only time. I'm good. So I'm not counting that one, but as an official ranking, but it's it's there. My my dead last is Caden. Caden's so boring to me. I I, I, I recently did saved Caden going into three, and he still bored the shit out of me. He bored the shit out of me in in all three of my Mass Effect one playthroughs I just did, where he was alive or, or you know up to when he died or even after he's if he did live. He's just boring as shit. Uh, at 24. Is Jacob too? I don't like Jacob at all. <laughs> I don't like Jacob at all. I really don't. I, there's nothing about Jacob that's appealing to me. Uh, and I will also say for uh, people out there that actually like Jacob and like romanced him as Femshep, he is like one of the worst romances in in the history of Mass Effect. See, I don't think I would ever romance Jacob. I mean, he's a bro. He's a family dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, coming at twenty three is Cora from Andromeda. Cora is boring. Uh, Cora, yeah, she is. Cora did nothing for me. And twenty two is is Drock. Knack, knack more Drock. Same thing. He for being a Krogan, you like you naturally think he's going to be so cool, but no, he's he's boring as hell. He really is. He's a, he's a grizzled old Krogan, yeah. which with no backbone. Well, I guess no real backstory to interest you. Yeah, coming at number twenty one. I will say this character coming at 21 is thanks to my recent playthroughs. If I would have done this a couple of years ago, this character would have, it wouldn't have been top 10 or anything, but it would have been higher. But at 21, Ashley, I fucking hate Ashley. I really do. But she's not. I mean, as, Ashley, 
Actually, it's just as boring as Caden, in all honesty. <laughs> I mean, she is. At least she has a couple aspects about her that are decent. I just hate her portrayal in the first one, where she's like hyper racist to the aliens. Well, I'm just like, all right, well, you're, you're never going on a mission with me again. I'll stick with Garrison Rex. <laughs> I mean, pro-human, man. <laughs> She's a little too over the top with it. Number 20 is Liam from Andromeda, and the only reason he didn't get lower is because he re- he saved himself with the best mission, the best whatever mission in Andromeda. Yeah, he has the best companion mission out yeah, of all of them in Andromeda. <laughs> so, therefore, he gets a little bit of a bump up over, like, Korra and Drock, for example. Uh, 19 is Zaid. He never did anything for me. Uh, besides the besides the Citadel DLC, if you take one route with the party, I think it's like the more chill route and not the hype party route. Him and Garrus are constantly rigging stuff around your house for booby traps, you know, for, in case there's another clone that pops in where he like, <laughs> he sets up your, co- your coffee dispenser to explode, your hot tub to like, you know, get up to the temperature of, of a sun. So that was all funny. But other than that, Zaid never did anything for me. Uh, number 18 is Vetra. I mean, she's not bad. Uh, she's not as bad as the others. But, like, the problem with Andromeda is these, most characters didn't really do anything for me. 17 is Samara. 16 is Legion. Now, I got to say, I'm going to, out of my list, 16 and up, great characters that I really, really, really love. You know, it's like, you know, basically Vetra down. It's just like, eh, you're kind of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 15 is Javik. I really like Javik. Uh, 14 is PB, who is who I romanced in Andromeda. Uh, she was the most interesting character to me out of, out of the females, that is. Uh, 13 is Edie. I, I do like Edie. I never took Edie on any missions hardly, but I love Edie's Aww. one-liners. Edie, Edie's one-liners are fantastic. Edie's one-liners are great, and if you actually take her on missions, you get more of them. <laughs> See, I, I I have taken her on missions, but not as near as much as I I, I probably should. It's just I, I like taking Garrus, I like taking Tally. That's my that's my that's my two. Um, Morden coming in at number twelve. I do like Morden's character a lot. Uh, number eleven is James. I think James is the best human uh, male that you've had in all three games, in my opinion. I, I love the the story that you get to explore, and I love how they even made a movie off of him. You know, to further yeah. you know explore his story. Liara at number ten. Uh, Jaw at nine. I love Jaw. Jaw is so damn adorable. He's so curious about everything that that we're doing, you know, uh, in, you know, because we're so new to him. You know, so I'm a big fan of Jaw. Number eight, Grunt. Number seven, Kasumi. I, I really like Kasumi. I wish Kasumi was more of a character in Mass Effect Three. I really do. Like, if she could have been like a part of your actual squad, that'd been awesome. Um, six is Miranda. I'm a big fan of her, uh, Miranda and her story. Five is Rex. Four is Jack. I'm a big fan of Jack too. Jack is awesome. I love Jack's story and and the, Jack's character development. Number three, Thane. One and two was very tough to decide. One and two, but ultimately it came down to not only their personality, but um, using. But what what made the deciding factor for these two was using them in game. Uh, Tally at two, Garrus at one. If we're use, if we're talking strictly companions, I prefer Garrus as a companion. I bring Tally with me because she's best girl. <laughs> you know that, that's just you know, Tally's abilities. They're okay. I mean the the tur- they're like the sentries that she creates are honestly not that great. Even if you upgrade the shit out of them, like in three, for example, they're really not that great. They're just a hindrance and an annoyance, but not like a top tier hindrance in my opinion. I mean, she's you okay. obviously didn't play correctly. I guess I didn't. I, I, mean, she's I, think, okay. I, I think the main difference between us two is just I always played on insanity, so I learned to use everyone's abilities 
also match me to be able to just crush everything versus I know you've mostly just played you just want to enjoy the game I do I do just want to I did I did do some insanity stuff recently I beat the first one insanity I was doing the second one in Insanity, and I'm just like, eh, I, I kind of just want to get through this game quickly because I wanted to get back to t- three as soon as possible. Because I'm, I, I, I'm on that island of three is the best game. I am on that island. I acknowledge I'm on that island. I think three is the best game. It's my favorite game. So I just wanted to finish two as quickly as possible, and I was having a couple, a couple of points of trouble with Insanity. I said, fuck it, I'm just going to go ahead and move on. I, I want to hurry up and get back to three. But I don't know. I, th- I thought Tally. I think Tally is okay as a companion. I mean, she's not bad. Um, but I mean, I, I think Garrus is a really good companion uh, for you know everything that he does on the battlefield. Like you max out a couple of um, you max out a couple of abilities over in three for like his assault rifles or whatever. And uh, I think it was assault rifle, and the dude can basically just like melt. Literally, like, it was like his uh, like what whatever ammo he has, he can just yeah. he can melt the reapers. Man, it's ridiculous. But I don't know. That was fun just because. We are very different. <laughs> I mean, I didn't always cycle through my companions. I never used the same people. I, I definitely use the same people a lot. I will not lie. Like I had, I, look, don't get me wrong. I've had my time of cycling through people, but once I found the people that I really, really love, that's when I just kind of stuck with them. You know what I mean? Every playthrough, yeah. every playthrough after that, it's like I pretty much use the same people because I've already done my cycling. And there's still some things that I cycle through just because it is interesting to me. Like, of course, if you're going to uh, Thessia, not, not that, well, yeah, well, Thessia is one example. Uh, but if you're going to Thessia in three, bring Javik and Liara, obviously Liara has to come and bring Javik. Bring Javik, man. You get some really interesting dialogue if you bring Javik. Uh, in Mass Effect 1, when you're going to kill um, uh, Liara's mom, bring Liara. You don't have to bring Liara, but bring Liara, man. You get some really interesting dialogue. So stuff like that, I'll always cycle through people, um, you know, given the options, just because, you know, you, you think about where you can get some interesting dialogue. Like, I never wait this late in the game for this, but if you wait long enough in Mass Effect 2 to do um, Tally's loyalty mission, bring Legion if you wait that long. You don't have a large window between getting Legion to doing stuff because of the the Reaper IFF, whatever, and your squad being taken, you know. But bring, yeah. if you bring if you wait long enough on that tally loyalty mission and bring Legion with you, you get some very unique dialogue at the uh, at the quarry and uh, the migrant fleet to bring a, bringing a Geth on board. So this stuff like that is fun. But uh, let's hop over to our game of the year predictions. Um, you want to start or me? I mean, I can start. I mean... Okay. Normally, there's honestly, six. Normally, there's six, but, you know, go ahead and shout out a couple more that you think could be in there. Well, I only really... Because I had to really go through a list of games that came out this year, and out of the ones I saw that I could really think of would possibly announce for games of the year uh, was... What I got here. So, Mass Effect Legendary Edition would technically be in, in for grabs, Yes. Because that's, it's a phenomenal trilogy for those games, and the remaster of them was great. So hopefully, hopefully that is a contender. I really do. Yeah. Uh, my other ones I got, I highly doubt it'll be in there, but I would be down for it. Guilty Gear Strive. I, I mean, that's just been such a f- good fighting game since it came out, and then the soundtrack with it's amazing. So will it be in there? Because it's a fighting game, I doubt it, but I'd be nice to see it. <laughs> Uh, Psychonauts 2. Haven't yeah. played it personally, but from what everyone says, it's a great game and was well worth the wait. One of, of like the highest rated years. games to come out this year, too. 91 yeah. on Metacritic right now. Uh, Deathloop. Yeah. I very much enjoy Deathloop and everything. Um, Resident Evil Village. Yeah. And then Hitman 3. 
Hitman 3 is one that I did toy with, too. I think that could be a dark horse. Yeah, I think it could be a good one for game of the year. Uh, all right, so for me, uh, I think Metroid Dread will be on there. I really do. I think Metroid. Yeah. I think Metroid Dread will be a game of the year contender. I think Deathloop as well. Uh, Psychonauts two is one. I think Ratchet and Clank: We Rift Apart is going to be on there as well. Um, yeah, I can see that. It's currently sitting on eighty eight on Metacritic. Uh, it got a nine from Game Informer, nine from IGN, and then uh, it's five out of five by Gamesbeat. Uh, uh, it takes two. Haven't played it, but I know it was received phenomenally. I think It Takes Two is going to be uh, a potential lock. Monster Hunter Rise, I think, is a possibility. I don't think it's a lock, but I think it's a possibility. Same thing with Tales of Arise. I do think Tales of Arise is a possibility. I don't think it's a lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Returnal, that's where it's tough. I don't know where Returnal fits into this. Returnal has some pretty good scores. But... See, I don't know if it would be contender for game of the year. It would definitely be contender for uh, narrative or shooter, though, I think. Right. I'd probably narrative, yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Village is one that I thought of, and then uh, I, I am going to throw in my hat for Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think it'll be on there. I don't, uh, just because like there are other games on here that are probably that were received better than Guardians. But I think Guardians will at least be in the the running for best narrative. I think it will at least be in that narrative um, for that running, whatever. But out of all, I the- feel like uh, Guardians might be good for. Uh, I don't even remember if it's an award uh, for cast. Is that an award at Games Awards? Uh, I don't think so. Dang, okay. Yeah, it would be, though. If it was, yeah, it'd be a contender, in my opinion, it'd win it. Uh, there, I mean, there's best performance. There's best performance, which... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, best yeah, performance. Uh, which best performance, I think the contenders are going to be, like, Jennifer Hale, which, of course, voiced Femship, uh, as uh, Rivet, I think's her name, from Ratchet & Clank. I think that will be mm-hmm. one of his best performance. Uh, the guy that plays Colt from Deathloop, I think, could be one. I know he's been nominated already, I'm pretty sure. Um I both, pers- him and, both him and the one who plays uh, his female counterpart, whose name I forget at the moment, Juliana. I'm still going to die on this hill that I think Keanu Reeves should be in there. I'm still dying on this hill. <laughs> like, look, look, Cyberpunk is in the is in this talk for Game of the Year stuff because it released in December. I think Keanu Reeves as Johnny Silverhand needs to be in for best performance. I, I, mean, I stand I, I by this. I can see it being in there for best performance. I don't think you know, Cyberpunk's seeing a whole lot of awards, though. No, it's not. Man, imagine the internet shitstorm if it gets nominated for Game of the Year. Oh, there would be a shitstorm. It's a great game. It's just broken. <laughs> <laughs> the game itself is good. It's just it can't be played. Uh, but I think the only... Now, I'm going to go ahead and predict some locks. Um, I think Dread is a lock. I think Deathloot's a lock. And I think Psychonauts 2 is a lock. The remaining three, because it'll probably be six if I had to guess, it's literally a toss-up between everything else. But I think those three are a lock. Now, I want want Mass Effect to be in there, but I know for Jeff Keighley's awards, he usually avoids remasters. Yeah. Which, if, if he didn't, let's be real... He loves Kojima, so Death Stranding would be in for Game of the Year. Yeah, Death Stranding would definitely be in there. No, I mean, like, he avoids remasters for Game of the Year. He'll put them in there for other award possibilities. So Mass Effect will probably be in there for, like, Best Narrative, for example. Best Storytelling, I mean, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, Mass Effect will probably be in there. Death Stranding will probably be in one of those categories, too. But for Game of the Year, he usually avoids remasters. But if he didn't, we know that Returnal would be in there. Not Returnal. uh, Death Stranding would be in there because him and Kojima are best buds. Yeah. (laughs) There's no doubt. 
Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing the actual nominees, the whole list. We should get it here, uh, like, in the next couple weeks. Like, let me look at the calendar. Uh, when we go to record on uh, – well, we're taking a break on the 27th. That's Thanksgiving week. So, we're taking, we're taking a break then. And it will probably be announced sometime during that week when we're taking a break. So we'll break it down on the 4th, which would be the week before the uh, Game Awards anyway. So on December 4th, we'll get to give our predictions for all the different categories. Or at least the categories we give a shit about. You know, obviously there's some categories we don't care. Like best esports team, for example, and best commentator. But at least the categories that we give a shit about, we'll give our predictions on that episode, whatever episode number that's going to be. So I guess now I'll finish up with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Zach, you weren't here last episode when I talked about my first initial impressions. Did you uh, watch any of the recap on that? I didn't, but I did want to ask you a question, Alex. How long did you actually take you to run through a game? Probably about 20 hours. 20 hours? 20 to 30 range is my guess. Cool. Because it took me about 19. Oh, wait, you played Guardians? Yeah, I completely beat it. Oh, I didn't even know you got it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Well, what did you think of the game? I mean, overall, it was very enjoyable. I mean, I enjoyed the whole uh, aspect of the crew constantly talking and bickering each other pretty much during everything. I mean, for some people, I could see it be annoying, but it really added to the atmosphere of the game just in any situation. It did, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I very much enjoyed the little bonus thing of just whenever you would go searching for stuff in the little areas, all of them would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's not the right way. Yeah, I love that. I love, yeah, that's one thing that I, I pointed out last week where I was like, I love how Rocket will just be like, oh, what is he doing now? Is he about to call us over here? Guys, come over here and look at this. It's so cool. Or, like, whenever you're with Nikki in that chapter where you're handcuffed, she's like, show me some respect. Yeah, hold on, I'm going to go this way. Are you literally walking away from me? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you picked it up. What'd you play it on? Uh, hard. Okay. Uh, what console? Uh, Xbox One. Xbox One, got it. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it overall. I mean, the combat was very fun. The boss fights were lackluster. Boss fights were lackluster and very few, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sort of... With how the boss fights turn out, I'm okay with how few boss fights there are. Because the general combat was a lot more entertaining. Right. Combat was actually one of my negatives. Where it's not really a negative, it's kind of like... It's it's not like a hard, like, oh, this fucking blows. But it's one of... If I had to pick a negative, combat would be one of them. Because the combat is fun. The combat is very fun. It is very enjoyable, but I feel like it got too repetitive over time. Like, even though you're unlocking all these different abilities for your guardians, you're doing the same thing over and over again instead of having, like, a wide range of different things uh, to do across the board. Like, I feel like it got very repetitive, in my opinion. Well, to me, I don't ever felt like that because – but how my brain looks looked at the game whenever I started – choosing skills and whatnot was my brain went, what's my best combinations of here? So it became a thing of how quickly can I clear a room with which set of skills? <laughs> so I'm more or less made it a challenge of myself of if I use this rotation of skills, how quick is that versus using this rotation of skills? Right. Which that, that adds to it. And I would do the same thing. I found, I, I definitely found my sets that I liked uh, I personally, you know, I went through every single one of like, like, like I would always start with Groot. Were you the same way? No. 
Groot was always my start because I would always my, lo- I would usually lock them down, lock them down or shoot them up. You know, and then I'd obviously just save the the large grapple for large enemies. But I liked locking them down and then immediately having Rocket just b- fucking bomb them, and I would pretty much wipe out a large group of people. See, my go-to's was either depending on where the enemy setup was, it was either Rocket grab grenade into either Drax smash or Groot uproot or Drax charging into a Gamora multi-slash. Okay, okay. Like I said, when it comes to the gameplay, it was fun, but if I if I was literally forced to pick a negative, that would be my only negative. Just cuz I feel like there I feel like there could have been done more to add more to Star-Lord was my biggest beef. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, the element stuff is cool. I'm I'm also a big fan of elements. But for you playing as Star-Lord, I feel like there maybe could have there could have been something more for you. Um, even with the abilities that you got, they weren't bad. I mean, I enjoyed them. Um, but I, I just feel like playing as just Star-Lord, I'm not saying I need to play as everyone. I think the direction of this game, playing as one character, being the captain of the squad here, I think was the best direction for this game. I think this game would have been a hot fucking mess if you played as everyone. I really yeah. do. I just feel like there, if there was something a little bit more to Star-Lord, the gameplay would have been a lot better. But the gameplay was very good. Like, if I had to write just the gameplay, it'd probably be a 7 or 8 out of 10. Like, I mean, it was good, but it was probably my only negative. So, it being a 7 or 8 out of 10 and being my only negative that I have to pick, in my opinion, is pretty good for the game. In my well, opinion. Well, I, I mean, personally, for me, I felt what you had for Star Lord was actually pretty fine, especially for the setting itself, because it very much yeah. establishes that Peter may be the captain, but he's also the weakest of the crew. Yep. <laughs> Especially like at the very beginning in chapters two, when it goes, when they're going through all the addendums that Rocket Love left, that. and it gets to him, it's just like, <laughs> Quill, uh, Peter Quill, Star Lord. That's it? That's all you I wrote? A... There was a character limitation. Character deletion. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, honestly, for people who feel like. Star-Lord could have been a little less. If you actually look in the settings, you can do custom settings to yeah. cause Star-Lord to do more damage and things like that if you want to be feel stronger as Star-Lord. Which I thought was really cool. Did you really dive into that, like the custom difficulty for the game? Like, I thought that was some... I didn't, pl- I didn't use it. I just played on a set difficulty, but I thought that was a really awesome feature. Uh, I messed with it a little, but I didn't alter it too much just because I was messing with on the harder difficulty, so... Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but as a whole, like in terms of the story, I thought the story was absolutely phenomenal, you know, because uh, I, I feel like one problem that some people are kind of like some people are kind of facing with these Marvel games is they just look at how unbelievably amazing Spider-Man was and they just expect like these open world games for these Marvel games. And I don't think, you know, in terms of Guardians, I don't think that's necessary at all. Now, I do think one thing that would have been a nice touch, and I guess it's because of how much I... I really get a lot of Mass Effect vibes from Guardians. I think it would have been cool if you could, like, actually choose on, like, a map where you go, kind of like Mass Effect, you know? But I think Mm -hmm. in terms of the gameplay, being in these single confined areas doing your mission, similar to Mass Effect, I thought was fine. I had no problem with it because of how great the story was and how great the character interactions were. Do you kind of feel the same way or no? No, I feel like it was fine as it is because I feel like if it was sort of a free form of uh, being able to choose what planet you go to, I feel like it would have been a lot more disconnect, especially with the story they were telling. Fair. 
because if then you really would have got Quill. Where are you going? <laughs> yes, because if they allowed that, I, it would have been a lot bigger disconnect. Because say they were trying to tell a very linear story, yeah. which was nice, which made more sense, especially like when you're ever deciding what you need to do for money, like before you go and see Lady Hellbender yeah. and the stuff we've all seen, and you have the whole thing of. Listen to Gamora, Groot, or uh, Drax. Because me personally, I wanted to go fight Fin Fang Foom at the very beginning. <laughs> I was just like, "All right, Drax, let here, let's go do this." It's like, "Go fight Fin Fang Foom to our death." I'm like, "No." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> oh man, they shut you down. I was like, "Okay, I see where we're going with this. It's gonna be linear." All right, where are we going? <laughs> it would have been nice to have that sort of uh, that sort of branching storylines, you know. Yeah, and they they do have a little bit of branching, you know, but it's not as much as like something like a Mass Effect where it really does branch off based on you know some major decisions. But there are a lot of decisions throughout this game that does impact you later on and stuff. Yeah, which allows you access to different things here and there, depending on whether stuff has happened or not. Which, uh, of course, I love that shit. I love being able to make those different choices. Yeah, like um. Like, cause yeah, there's, there's small choices, but because of it, different things happen later in the game, especially for like the last chapter, the final space battle determines on what people show up when Yep. and can either make very long sections or completely clear sections for you. Which I got to say that space battle was so epic to me. It really was like, you know, you know, the, the, the flying through space, whatever, actually getting to fly through space and do, and do the battle there. I thought was fucking clean. I really did. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed it so much where I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, man, it would have been so cool to like fly the Normandy going to earth at the end of three. <laughs> that would have been so cool. I started thinking, I've never th- had that thought before because like that scene of all, of all the fleets coming in at three was already cool enough and gave me massive goosebumps, but playing guardians of the galaxy. I'm like, man, that would have been so cool. In Mass Effect three. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I feel like the game did really well with its linear story. I do. Uh, I love the story. I mean, you know, if if you know, if I feel like it, I'll plug a clip right here from Animan Plus Ep 50. Shocker, I cried. You know, at some of the different aspects of the game in terms of the storytelling. But, um, you know, I mean, I mean, this game, dude, it draws so much emotion out of you because of the characters and how well these characters are portrayed. And it's such a shame that this game had the start that it had back in the summer where it's just like everyone absolutely hated this game. Now they get it and they're like, oh, shit, okay, hold on. This is actually a pretty dope game. No, seriously, give this game a shot. It is a phenomenal game. I mean, and I agree with that. It was a very good game so far out of the Marvel games that have been released this year. This one definitely over Avengers is sort of funny, and they take a shot at Avengers in the middle of uh, Guardians. Yeah, that I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to p- bring that up last week when I talked about it. I do like how they 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 plugged Avengers in two different ways because one was when they were like flying through like that dimension thing. You hear Hulk yell like Hulk smash, and then you know you hear you know Captain America from Marvel's and say Avengers assemble. And then later on when they were trying to figure out who to help them, someone mentioned uh, what about the guys in the, you know back on anyone back on Earth and you know I think it was Peter, which is like what the guys in the pajamas, whatever. Just yeah. like trust me, guys. Earth has not caught up to everyone else yet. So uh, yeah, I yeah. did. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed those little references. That did you? I, I don't know if you mess with this in games at all. Uh, but did you try the photo mode at all? No. Photo mode is phenomenal in this game. 
Uh, it is so cool, man, because you choose different like comic covers as like your surrounding background that has like their everyone's names from like from like different comic issues that they've had released. So uh, at you know towards the end of the game, where your uh, uh, Lady Hellbender throws you your your uh, walker, and you go up and catch and has that epic shot with like the explosion in the background and and fing, yeah. fing, boom there. I, I took a picture of that and I made it into a to a uh, a cover album. It's phenomenal. Photo mode is great. Um, but overall, this is a game that I 100% recommend. I think I think it's worth Game of the Year nomination. I really do. I mean, it is a phenomenal game. It's at the very least for best storytelling. Uh, I will say the ending kind of kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I this is a, for for once I actually did not look up any spoilers. Right, believe it or not. Um, so the ending did catch me off guard because I thought it was setting up for a two. You know, the little tease you got with a certain character, you know, yeah. with, with his eyes. I thought that was just a, a two setup. You know, they're rolling the credits and everything. I'm like, all right, end of the game. We're setting up for two. Cool. And all of a sudden something happens like chapter 16. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's just one nice little boss fight at the end. Yeah. So that, that did kind of catch me off guard, which is nice. It's like, you know, it's like I think what you mentioned uh, Friday when we chat about it a little bit. Very fitting for Guardians. Yeah, uh, but I'm very excited for Guardians Two. I, I think you know, I think Guardians Two is going to be awesome, uh, as long as they don't take any steps backwards. You know, which I don't think they would. I think they, I think they did really well on this. I really do. If I had to give it a rating, my original, my original rating was like an eight point five. Is what I gave it last week for my first mm-hmm. like initial impressions about probably ten hours played. Now completing the game, I would legit give it probably a nine out of ten. I think it's a nine out of ten in my opinion. Yeah, I think I would probably agree with that mostly. I mean, yeah, honestly, the overall, it's a very good game. I guess, yeah, if you said it, the weakest point might be to be the combat because there isn't much variety unless you make it yourself. So, and, and and the thing is, saying that is the weakest point is not even an insult because it's not like it's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's just it, it's just like what you just said. It lacks some variety. Uh, variety. That's the only thing. Other than that, I mean, it's not bad. But if it's like it's one, if you have to pick something negative, that would be my one negative. Everything else, I wouldn't say it's a negative at all. I think the game is fantastic. Um, hope. I mean, I doubt it. But if it goes on sale on Black Friday for like forty bucks, you got to pick it up. I doubt it will. But I mean, if it does, that's it's, that's worth it. I bought the Cosmic Deluxe Edition for eighty dollars, and I think that was totally worth it. I think that's a clean, it's a clean steel book and a clean box that I have in there. I love that thing. Um, but I think that's it for the show. Uh, final Guardians review. Um, uh, Cosmo, <laughs> love Cosmo. <laughs> he is a good boy. boy. He is the. He, it's like, oh, Cosmo, you're such a good boy. No, Cosmo, the best he's boy. The best boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love Cosmo. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I suppose that is it for the show, though. In seven day, happy shout out to In Seven Day, of course. Um, Mario Party Superstars, good game there. Actually, do we want to rate Mario Party Superstars? What would you rate it? I'd give it an eight out of five or eight point five. five. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I would. I'll give it an eight out of ten. Right at it. Right at an eight, just because we need some more maps. That's my only beef. Give us like at least like if you could just give us just two, just two more maps, and I, I would I would probably bump it up to an eight point five for me. Five maps yeah. is just lackluster, or at least the ability to unlock maps. You know what I mean? But I'd probably give that one an eight out, eight out of ten, um, and then Guardians nine out of ten is my final review on that one. But uh, I suppose that is it for this show. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next week as always. Um, Zach, you got any last thoughts? What we got here? 
Uh, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and whatever your platform allows. It does help if you like what's going on uh, and you're watching this on YouTube. You can hit the subscribe button. If you want to know whenever we upload anything, whether it be a clip, one of our videos from another podcast, or even something to do with this podcast, you can hit the bell and it'll let you know anytime a video goes up. Thanks. Well, shout out, to, shout out to our first like full video uh, format podcast here doing it remotely. Hopefully it doesn't look like shit in the final cut. Uh, if there's no video, then it, I get and that tells you it looked like shit. But if there is video, it didn't look like shit. So cool. <laughs> hey. It worked out. It worked out. But yeah, do everything that he said and more. We greatly appreciate that. Get excited for the Black Friday special here in just a couple weeks, episode 66. And then, of course, the Lighthearted Game Awards, uh, the Lighthearted Gamers Game Awards Watch Along Extravaganza on December 9th. That will be live streamed at youtube.com forward slash sparky3. Uh, until next time, guys, have a great day. See you. Bye.